Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now I'm Kevin H. I'm Kevin C. And I'm a Seth. And this is the Dark, Dark Windows, Windows Podcast. Podcast. So just a disclaimer, we are going to talk about some things that people might not be super comfortable with. We're going to use some language, a language that people are not going to be super comfortable with. That's adult language. So, Expletives. So sit back. Relax. And enjoy the show. Or not. That's cool, too. We want to start out by saying a special thank you to our sponsor, Studio Headphones. Studio offers some of the best quality sound and best-built headphones on the market without the outrageous prices that other brands offer. They offer a variety of different styles, including over-the-ear, wired earbuds, and completely wireless Bluetooth buds. The two newest models are the Klar, which are over-the-ear noise-canceling headphones that offer 30 hours of playtime. Hold on. 30 hours continuous playtime without being recharged. And the Tolv, which are totally wireless Bluetooth earbuds, that offer seven hours of playtime in a case that holds four additional charges for the buds. So check out studio.com where you will find some of the best quality headphones and earbuds on the market. And if you enter Dark Windows 15 at checkout, they will take 15% off your entire order. What's going on, everybody? Ha ha ha. Hi. How do we do, Interneters? <laughs> do we catch you mid-laugh, Kevin? No, you're singing. <laughs> like, fa la 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 Hi. do re mi hi Ah, so high. Close enough. (laughs) So we have got to start off real quick before we get into the squeamy shit with Seth. The Hobby Holder? Yeah. Yeah. You can head on over to GameMV.net, home of the Hobby Holder. Why torture yourself in trying to uh, get all those little fine little details and little little nuances of each miniature? Get yourself a Hobby Holder. It's a two-in-one handle and base combination little tool that comes in a variety of different colors and then that way you can get all the fine details once you put that in the shopping cart and also some other fun little little items that they have there like a paint puck a brush bastion some wooden like little uh little bases those are pretty cool too you throw those in there put in the promo code broadstone at checkout you'll save yourself 10 percent off the entire order i keep hearing something about a knight too there's a knight miniature they have I've never, I haven't been able to find it. I want to see it. Last page. I'll Last look for page. it right now. Okay, cool. So, this week, uh, I've already talked to you guys about it. Uh oh. 
we're not going so much scary. I'm just going to try to make people uncomfortable this week. Um, we are talking about some of the more screwed up torture methods that I could find throughout history. Um, we are just as a spoiler alert, we're going to stay away from things like the rack, the wheel, drawing and quartering, the Iron Maiden, like the big shit that everybody thinks of when they think medieval torture device shit. Drawing and quartering, you just die. Yeah, that one's bad. Um, it's just torture, but you're going to die anyway. Well, yeah, a lot of these you're still going to die, but you're gonna it's going to suck for you for quite a while beforehand. So you're going to wish for just the bullet or, or the, the axe? Or the yeah, knife. yeah. a lot of these you're just going to go, just kill me, please. I do don't want to do this. So we're going to start off with uh, an oldie but a goodie. We're going to start off with some stuff from... Uh, you know, back in the... Inquisition? No, older. Shit. Older. Uh, the 800, 900 area. Uh, we're going to talk about some Viking torture methods first. Oh, shit, kid. Yeah. Um, so, one of the earliest accounts of the following method was in 876. King Ayla of Northumbria killed a Viking leader. You guys may have heard of this guy, uh, Ragnar Lothbrook. You know. Lothbrook? Yeah. No, Never heard of him. Never heard of him? Okay, nope. cool. I don't know who the fuck this yeah. guy is, but, you know, he just sounds like a douche. Well, he's got a great name, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he had a really shitty haircut. Historically inaccurate, shitty haircut, too. But, hmm. anyway. Um, he was killed by King Ayla after he was thrown into a pit of of uh, venomous snakes. That's not really a torture method to me. No. That's, that's just like, here, give me a... Well, actually, I don't like snakes. I'm kind of like Indiana <laughs> Jones. I can handle a lot of things. Pit of snakes? Fuck no. I, I would try to kill myself before I hit the fucking bottom of it. Wait a minute. Uh, so King, so he was actually killed. So he... See, I didn't think he was... Because I, I looked into him a little bit. I didn't think he was killed that. I didn't think he died until he, like, much later on. Nope, that's... But he's died that same way as in the show. As in the show, yep. Yeah. Interesting. Such a shitty way to go, right. too. Fuck that. Um, so that was like one of the few things they actually got correct. Yes, but anyway, after Ragnar, so yes, he was he was put into the pit. And the, didn't well in the show he didn't actually. Oh yeah, he died. He in the died. Pit. They, they, yeah, he they was kept on get, getting yeah. bit until the point where his body just shut down. Oh, okay. I yeah. thought he was actually like pretty much dead anyway, and then they just threw him in. No, he, he like, still whatever. had some life in him, and yeah, okay. he was like cursing. He's like, you will die, dude. My, my sons will kill you the whole nine piggy, yards. Yeah, piggy something. Yeah. yeah, and then when he went down, he like, they were trying to figure out if he was going to scream or not, and the whole time he's just laying there like, I'm not budging, I'm not moving, I'm not making a sound, I'm not going to give him mm-hmm. any like enjoyment of my sorrow, my pain. Yeah, because yeah. I'm going home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but they they beat the they beat the tar out of him and then threw him in. But his death resulted in Ragnar's sons finding out about their father's death, who then set sail for England from uh, what would be modern day Denmark, from where they sailed from. Um, they hit North um, Northumbria like a fucking hurricane. The Vikings went in and they just like the war bands were they were led by another guy. I'm not sure if you guys have ever heard of Ivar the Boneless. Nope. No, never heard of him. Whatever. Nope. Um, when they finally fought through the armies and stuff and they got to Ayla, uh, killing him was not enough. He had earned the honor of being blood-eagled. So... <laughs> My back hurts just thinking about it. Yeah, there's a lot of things that are going to hurt thinking about it in this episode. Bjorn so, was a little pissed. 
<laughs> yeah, just a touch, right? So the way a blood eagle works is we're gonna we'll stick with the same. Uh, yeah. We'll stick titties. with the <laughs> yes. Titties. <laughs> we'll stick with the, the same characters and everything. So King Ayla would have been forced to his knees and had his hands tied like around like down by his ass kind of together. Then he would have been tied to a stump or a plank or something like that just to keep him chest punched down, over. Punched yeah, down exactly. Keep the tension on the the skin on the back taut. Exactly. His shirt would have then been either ripped or cut off, whatever, to expose his bare back. And then he would have been cut from the tailbone up the back to Ugh. the base of it, almost to the base of his skull. I always thought they went the other way. They yeah. went from the top down. It, it probably varied. Yeah, probably. Depending. Like, well, started his butt. Yeah, I mean, it, either way, it's, it's not going to feel good, I don't think. No. So after they had cut the skin and peeled it a little bit where they could have exposed the ribs, they would have actually smashed each rib individually away from, like, your your uh your almost away from your mm-hmm. spine pretty much okay Whew. this would have left his internal organs in full view like his kidneys his lungs his liver his heart everything would have still been working invisible at this point in time with all of his insides and stuff exposed they would often rub salt directly into the exposed area before they did anything else oh i bet you that burnt like wow a yeah they were fucking awful so <laughs> i was gonna say this when you're talking about when they were doing the rib cracking i've actually broken two to four ribs by my spine and the reason why i can't tell how many more they can't tell me more was just because the way the the curvature of my the rib cage yeah they're like you guaranteedly broke two ribs when i played football and it was the most painful fucking thing ever you can't breathe you can't move you can't lay down so knowing that because hunching over hurts because where it was, mm-hmm. like every part of it, you could just feel them grinding a little bit. So knowing that intentionally every single one of your riblets is being cracked, nope. Now to throw salt in it, I like the term throwing salt in the wound, not literally. No. no. See, I've never broken a rib, but I've bruised a few before, and that is some of the worst pain I've ever been in. Uh, yeah, sucks. breathing hurts, sneezing hurts, and if someone makes you laugh, it feels like you're getting stabbed. Oh. Yeah, I, I thought, I, I mean, I've done the yeah, same thing, but I've really hurt my rib cage bad and from the front, and that fucking hurt. Yeah, rib injuries are the worst. Um, but after all of this, his ribs would have been pulled up from the point where they had been broken. So, from, so if you're visualizing the spine with all your ribs... They would have pulled the ribs up, like upwards out of his back, and then folded them back a little bit further. So they like had wings. Exactly. And then they would have pulled his lungs out while they were still working and set them on top of of the rib cage itself to make it look like a pair of bloody eagle wings. Which is So where... it's not on top of like the, the traps, like on the shoulders. No, they would have rested them on the points of his ribs, like sticking out the back of his out of his, that out is of his totally back. different than what I thought it was because I thought they would peel the ribs out. So obviously the sternum becomes a fulcrum point. So you have that pivot. Mm-hmm. Spine is still where it is. Pull the lungs up, and I thought the lungs went on top of the the trapezius muscles right by the neck and the shoulders. And I was like, oh, okay, that's not that. <laughs> <laughs> no, they would kind of like set them like nope. up on top of your ribs. No. Nope. And the worst part about this whole thing is a lot of the people that had this done to them would survive for. Anywhere from a matter of minutes to hours in fucking pain. Yeah, and they, just, didn't, <laughs> they didn't technically, like, do anything uh, enough to kill you. It's just from what, 
Probably blood loss, right? Blood I'm, I'm going to guess. Probably the shock. Exactly. Your body goes into shock. Blood loss and anaphylactic shock. Anaphylactic shock? No, not anaphylactic. What is that one? Uh, It's not septic shock, is it? No, that's when you give shit in your blood. Yeah. One of the, I know it's one of those, there's a technical term Systemic for the shock. shock. Probably that's what there it is, yeah. Where just due to your body's still pumping blood and trying to figure out what's going on and everything works and over time and the adrenaline and all that stuff and then it just flatlines it's itself. It's like, yep, we're done. Your heart pretty much explodes. Hmm. Ouch. I've, I've got a couple more uh, quick little methods that the Vikings would use. The first one's called hung meat where they would take the take a victim and they would take your boots off and they would slice that little flap of skin between your Achilles tendon and the rest of your foot. No. It, it Anybody that's ever dressed out a deer kind of knows where I'm going with this. They would cut that section between your Achilles and the rest of your foot, and they would run a rod or a branch or something through each side of it, and then hoist you up a tree and just let you hang upside down until you died, which can take hours. Because what? Yeah. No. Yeah, because all the blood's pretty much rushing to your it, head. Exactly. The blood flowing to the victim's head would cause br- uh, brain hemorrhage. <laughs> would cause brain hemorrhaging, uh, the more likely death would have been suffocation because when you're hanging upside down and you're trying to breathe, your lungs are trying to expand. Mm-hmm. But when they're doing that, they're also trying to push all your organs back where they're supposed to be instead of on top of them. So you're slowly suffocating. Yeah, it, it's essentially like being crucified where you would die from suffocation too. But it's instead of trying to pick everything up, it's trying to push everything uphill pretty much. Yeah, I'd rather well. wear that lead vest from the Waverly Hales. Oh. Damn, dude. Because at least then I could still move around. I'm sitting upright and kind of breathe yeah. a little bit. Well, because crucifixion, you're you're drowning in your own, you're drowning in your own fluid. Yeah. Because everything is kind of just way to slowly fill up with fluid, and that's why you right. die. So pretty much, that's like you know, well, that's that's the crucifixion. And in, we- in and when Jesus was crucified, you know, he well, his savior was basically what killed him. Was yeah. Was, Having the spear popped a hole in him. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that going up actually saved him from actually, you know, Su- from suffering anymore, from drowning yeah. to death. Yeah. Holy Capri Sun. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Wow, you went there. <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah. Deserve yeah. it. High fives. There we go. It's too bad for the people next to him that actually yeah. didn't have that. Because the the way with like with the collecting of of fluids in your lungs during crucifixion, it's almost like dying of. Um, It'd almost be like super accelerated pneumonia because your mm-hmm. lungs are filling with shit and you can't breathe and they just fucking done. But, you know, you're surviving. That's a, that's a tor- tor- torture method of its own. Yeah, but I, I didn't really go into into crucifixion because it was one of the more common ones. Like, I didn't cover him. We're not going to talk about impaling either because. Everybody knows about that. You spoiler know, Spoiler alert. We got a dude coming up this year at some point this next year that kind of had a thing for impaling people. Yeah, but you pretty much died real quick. With impalement? Yeah. Oh, no, you could live for days, depending mm-hmm. on, on how they did it. Yeah. Another one of the methods that, that uh, the Norsemen would have used was called the fatal walk, where they would have taken the victim. Um, and actually, I got I have to kind of go back a little bit. The Vikings were not the only people that would have used something similar like to, to this to, to this thing called the fatal walk that we're about to talk about. There was It was used in other cultures. Um but the first uh, the first account of it that I personally could find was with the Vikings, where they would take the victim and stand you near a tree with your hands bound behind your back. Okay. And they would slice your belly open horizontally. So, All you your know. stuff falls out? Well, 
it didn't fall out because they would actually slice you open, pull, uh, reach in and grab a loop of your intestines. Just like, cause you know, your intestines are all kind of like big mm-hmm. fat spaghetti kind of shit. They would loop it around a branch or like a, a, a small, like a, like a long knot that stuck out on a tree. They would loop it around it and then make you walk around the tree in a circle. And it would actually slowly pull your intestines out of your body. That is a long walk. Yeah. And you would feel every single second of that too, until you nope. finally died of, you know, either sepsis or blood loss or whatever you would end up, you would end up dead. God, I can only imagine walking around and be like, Oh look, that's mine. <laughs> Still mine. Slipping in your own intestines, walking around a tree. NASCAR. Left turn. <laughs> left turn. Left turn. Because Sorry, guys. I'm having fun. Sh- yeah, because that would definitely. I mean, if it didn't kill you, you know, once you got all around, I mean, you're eventually going to pretty much, yeah, bleed to death. Or yeah. you're going to rip out your, you know. You're going to puncture something. and I, The human body can actually live for, like, hours without the intestines inside the body. If it's if it's done properly, you can live for quite a long time because there's like surgeries where they have to go in and like take your intestines out to do other things and then they put them back in. But these guys weren't obviously weren't surgeons, so they uh, they weren't doing it the right way. They were just fucking. With I don't even think they knew anything about medical work. Not really. They just knew that if they cut it, your stuff falls out of it. So yeah, let's exactly. Make, let's or, see what else happens. Yeah, or well, crows or whatever would probably be mm-hmm. at you. So. That would ex- expedite that uh, that whole thing. Yeah. Because <laughs> vultures, crows, you know, anything that is a scavenger. Yeah, it's it's Can you imagine, brutal. like, you're I doing mean, that and a dog comes up like, get away from that. Get away from that. That's mine. Starts chewing on it. Oh. Ah. I think you'd feel that. So now we're going to kind of step forward into what a lot of people would consider the golden age of torture, which would be... Dark, the ages? dark ages, medieval that era that weren't so dark. Yeah, well, this part of it was pretty fucking dark. <laughs> the first one we're going to talk about is uh, called the saw. Okay. So the victim would be hoisted upside down with their hands tied behind them. They're, we're going to hear a lot of hands tied behind back and shit like that, but they would be hoisted upside down, stripped naked, and have their hands tied behind their back. They would be left upside down for a while, sometimes to let the blood flow to their head. And after a bit of hanging around, yes, I went there again. Nope, leaving it alone. You did <laughs> the, it on uh, purpose. The executioner would place a two-person saw between the victim's legs. So a saw that would have a handle on each end would, you know, so two people could, could run it. Um, kind of like in the Woodsman's Challenge or whatever it is? Yes. The Logger's Challenge? So they would take this saw and they would place oh, it teeth down between your legs. Why not teeth up? Because teeth up wouldn't make any sense. I don't care. <laughs> so then this is where the gruesome work would kind of begin. They would slowly start sawing the person in half long ways. <laughs> That's like a fucked up magic trick. Yeah. <laughs> and Now, the reason that they would hang people upside down before they did this was so that the victim stayed conscious for as long as possible while they are sawing them in half. It makes you wonder, like, how does somebody know how to like figure this like shit out? It's like, oh, we lay them down. Oh, they don't stay awake that long. We hang them upside down. They stay awake longer. That's it. Let's it, do it that I, way. It's got to be trial and error. Uh, right? Listen, there, there was a little bit too much blood that time. Can we reduce the amount of blood? <laughs> God, this is disgusting. <laughs> this is way the, too much blood right gotta now. We got to get this down to like R for <laughs> <Yeah>. our audience. <laughs> but most of the victims of the saw didn't die until the blade reached like mid torso. So like I would guess, you know, 
by the time it would hit, hit like your, your rib cage, you're probably going to die by then. But at that t- point in time, you've had your genitals, no. your intestines, mm-hmm. and all of that important shit cut in half with a fucking wood saw. Uh, and you fell all of it. <laughs> I don't want any of that to happen to me. Mm. This method may have been used as early as the times of ancient Persia, and the last reported victim of the saw was August of 1791. So this had been around for a fucking so a for a while. So like early, what uh, early BCE, CE, or yeah, somewhere like that. Yeah, up until almost the 1800s. Um, so the last person that I could find that had actually been had been killed by the saw like this uh, was during the uh, the slave revolt of Haiti in 1791, when a white landowner who was a craftsman by trade um, was captured by some of his slaves that had revolted. They decided he should die the way that he lived, so they tied him down and sawed him in half at the waist. Jesus. <laughs> All right, then. Yeah. That, that, one's, that one's a little dark. Yeah. Hmm. So the next one I found, I, I had actually never heard of this one before until I started looking into it. It was called The Scavenger's Daughter. And this one can be traced back to the uh, the reign of King Henry the Seventh. I'm sorry, King Henry the Eighth. Henry the I am. I am. Yeah, fucking Henry the Eighth was a he got married interesting. To the next door. <laughs> so this bad boy was invented by the Lieutenant of the Tower of London, which the Tower of London was where if you were a bad boy, you got sent to, and they would plenty fuck his, your shit up. <laughs> plenty of his wives got sent there. Yeah. Um. So the so it was. Again, it was invented by the lieutenant of the Tower of London, a man named Leonard Skeffington. Was a name like that? Yeah. And it was mm-hmm. actually, they actually took the his last name and kind of used it as a play on words for the name of it. Uh, so the scavenger's daughter was fairly easy to assemble compared to some of the others. It was, uh, it'd be three iron planks that were put together in the shape of um, like an uppercase A. So you'd have your, your two long pieces and then one in the middle. And it was, and uh, it, it it would stand it would stand up like a standing capital A, uh-huh. but the the section the cross section would be closer to the bottom, so you'd have shorter legs with the cross section in between them. Okay, so what's that have to do with? So why why we're, was the brace there? We're gonna get into that. Okay, so there were uh, there were sets of straps on both of the long ends of the frame. The victim would be strapped to. Oh, are they gone? Put over the whole thing? No, so that's their backs like on the point or whatever. That's what you'd think, but no. Or is your stomach on the point? They would they would be tied. They would have their hands tied behind their back and their feet bound behind their back, and they would be tied together almost in like a kneeling position, and they'd be set in that support uh, support beam, and they would uh, they would actually take the the support planks like the the long ends, and they would push them up. They would have a person on each side that would grab them and fold them upwards. And what that would do is that would take the top of it and push down. So, so creating a like a uh, fulcrum point of pivot point. Yes. So, so they basically fold it in fucking half. They would they would take it. Okay. So I'm gonna I'll show you with my hands. So it would go like this. So you have your A. Then if you took the two legs of an uppercase A and moved them away from each other. So they're becoming a flat line. Yep. And then keep pushing. So they turn into a V. Exactly. So you're turning an A. Into a V. Into a V. Yes. 
You're breaking the motherfuckers in half reverse style. No, because they're inside on that support leg. So what would happen is this would, because the person would be, would be in an, like I said, in a kneeling position with everything tied behind him, with everything being pushed down, it would start to put pressure on their back and it would crush their chest down into their knees, like the, the tops mm. of their thighs and their knees. Uh, this would cause the, uh, this would cause, whew. so it, you're compressing the entire, the person's entire body. Like from the top of their back, they're trying to push their chest through their knees, essentially through the tops of their legs. That is fucking insane. Yeah. So this would cause uh, the rupture of internal organs, arteries, blood vessels, uh, all the important stuff that you don't want exploding inside of you pretty much. It would actually also cause blood to spray from your ears, nose, mouth, anus. Pretty much wherever it needs to go. Anywhere blood can spray from, blood would spray from this because there was so much pressure being put on you. So, you, so again, you'd have somebody like, so if you were to kneel, almost like, like praying style, then put your hands behind your back and put your chest down to your knees. So you're kind of like hanging back, you're, you're folding yourself over almost like an S and then having all that pressure put on top of your back and just squashing you down. Yeah. I'm not liking that at all. There's... No. 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 That can fuck right off. This this next one's a little bit easier to explain, but doesn't make it any easier to listen to or talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about flaying real quick. <laughs> you, like you a filet mignon? Oh, I wish. Some of you might know what know what flaying is if you have seen a certain show. And flaying is not like, you know, some fancy shit that Bobby Flay does on his, you know, on his cooking shows. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fine. So flaying was pretty common among uh, many cultures. So we're going to kind of start off as to what they would do. So first off, most cultures would quote unquote tenderize you before taking the blades to you. The first way that some of them would that someone would be tenderized. Beat you medium style. Yeah. You you know, you'd think maybe a bunch of dudes out there with like little metal, like meat hammers, like like banging on your ribs. No, no, it's it's not that not that. He's nice. still too bony on one side. <laughs> It's not that nice. They would actually take, most of these people would be tied up naked outside, like sprawled out like a starfish to get a really nasty fucking sunburn because that tenderizes your skin. And uh, I mean, so you imagine, you, you know how much a sunburn hurts, it, right? it kind of like shrinks your pores and everything, right? Sunburns. Yeah. I hate them. So not only would this, would this like tenderize you and, you know, get you ready to be fucked up it would also suck huge huge portions of dick i would think so the second method dude you don't think that getting a like a fucking fifth degree sunburn would just suck the worst dude i'm Ah. a fucking redhead (laughs) i am a fucking ginger child when i go out in the sun i get sunburned anyway i have a farmer's fucking freckle because of the sun you get, I have the possibility of getting skin cancer every time I go outside. You get you get sunburnt under. When like I go a, to the doctors, the first thing they tell me is, "Oh, have you been paying attention to your freckles? Make sure they don't get bigger. Make sure they don't get darker. Make sure, Make sure no they ones. don't fucking move." And I'm like, "Move? What are you talking about?" <laughs> it's when you look at one and like, "Oh my god, it's getting bigger and it's expanding and it's moving." Damn. You, yeah. Fuck you. You can get you can get sunburnt under like kitchen lights, can't you? Uh, yeah, actually, like heavy halogen, like heavy halogen lights, like in certain uh, businesses, 
They'll turn my. I'll get red. That's why we have to use the LSD blades, the bulbs. Blades? <laughs> the LSD blades? I'm fucking high. I can tell. Yeah, you. No, about I have to LSD. use fucking soft lights, and but it's great when you paint miniatures and you have these bright light and you're looking at your skin, and you're like, well, that's a new freckle. I'm almost translucent. Is that a freckle or is that paint? Nope, doesn't wipe off. That's that's a freckle. Fuck. What I ever do, having freckles is kind of amazing because I will always perpetually have a connect the dot board ready to go <laughs> all the time. Connect the dots. I fell asleep and woke up in class one time. My professor was drawing on my arm. Wake the fuck up. <laughs> I don't remember that being there, but he kept it in the lines. What the hell is this? You're a Sagittarius now. <laughs> <laughs> almost got me. So the second method of trying to tenderize people, I think, would actually be worse where the victim would be dipped into a large pot or cauldron of boiling water and left there for uh, you know a, a few seconds up to a minute just to loosen the skin. So if you were lucky enough to get the boiling water treatment, it could possibly cause blindness, nerve damage, and scorch your fucking lungs because the water was so hot. Well, not only that, anything that's soft and uh, juicy, yeah. <laughs> like your eyes, your nether, nether regions... Will just start melting because they can't handle extreme heat. And then depending on how long you're in there, if you're in there for long periods of time, your nails will start to melt away, your teeth and all that stuff, because they get to a certain temperature and they just melt. Yeah. I mean, they they wouldn't leave you in for that long. But you turn into a jelly, jelly man. Yeah. You turn into a fucking meat soup. Oh, yeah, that's that's true. But gross. (laughs) Hmm. Needs more salt. So after this is when they would they'd set the they'd set people on you with knives and stuff. Um, the first cuts would usually be made to the face because they would peel your fucking face off first because why not? Well, there's that one person who wants to wear it as a mask. <laughs> Hence, Leatherface always want to be pretty. Mm-hmm. So the torturers, after removing your face, would often make um, like fairly deep like score marks in the side of the body and like down limbs and stuff. Because their goal was to take it, take your skin off in as few pieces as possible. So that they could eat it? I don't know what they would do with it if they were turning it in, in like a flag or something or what. The, these scoring cuts would, they wouldn't be like super, super deep, but deep enough, <laughs> deep, uh, but they'd be deep enough to cut through the layers of skin, but not into the muscle. So they're just trying to cut through all the skin before they hit muscle and stop there because. So the skin could heal up and scar up? No, no. I was hoping. No. So you may be asking yourself, self, how bad would this hurt? Well, uh, I already know how bad. Well, self, you would feel every nerve ending of in your body being torn apart, and and then they would die. So well, you, yeah, because you're if your skin's boiled or you're out in the sun, already it, everything's on like high alert of pain receptors and everything else like that. Don't then you me. add little cuts, dude. It's so, like a paper cut on acid. Please don't tell me they put salt. On them after. I mean, every, you put lemon juice. Oh! Season it. <laughs> so I mean, I, I'm sure both of you guys have like you know riding a bike or whatever. You fall and scuff your knee. That sucks, right? Yeah. Well, imagine having all of your fucking skin slowly peeled off of your body. I think. Uh, oh, oh yeah. And some cultures would go as far as to cover the exposed mu- muscle tissue with salt. You fucker. After peeling your skin off. Okay, one, we're realizing a thing. The whole term rubbing salt in the wound is fucking real. Yeah, and it's yes. old. It goes way back. Well, it is one of the oldest substances. That's true. Most of the victims stayed conscious for almost the entire endeavor, and many would survive for days following having their skin peeled off. Could so, you imagine that? The guy was like just laying there, and he's like meat from Mortal Kombat. 
Armageddon, I think it is. And he's just all like skin and bones is laying there with his like, why is that motherfucker smiling? We fucking splayed him. He's got no lips. He has no control over what his face is doing. And he's just <laughs> laying there. He's like, if I move, it hurts, but I'm stuck. Oh my god! I oh, what do I do? And I mean, so what, what was what was the the um like the what's the final what's what kills them? Uh, exposure generally, or shock, blood loss. Okay. Because I think I, I think open I'm wounds and could probably be, bugs could be and any, insects. Yeah, it could be any uh, any combination of all of that shit. But the other thing to think that of sounds is like some fucking fucking wow. That's like some fucking Clive Barker shit. I'm thinking of. And think about it like this: you have all that skin peeled off, so muscle has got like a viscous kind of stuff around it. So they throw salt in it; it's gonna stick and it's gonna suck. They throw you on the ground. Anything you touch is going to stick to your fucking exposed muscle and shit. So you could get. Yeah. So, you, so you're going to get infection. If, or if you even lived long mm-hmm. enough to die from an infection, it would be a miracle, I think, with that. But it's a possibility. Well, I mean, wouldn't, uh, wouldn't that be like a hyper capability of infection because you have no skin to. Yeah, no, yeah. no protection. Yeah. Yeah. You just I mean, raw meat and. But gristle uh i if it were me i would hope to be dead before i cut before the infection set in i think i've actually seen like a, it was a display i believe it was like japanese or something where a guy actually had this done in his mm. the modern the guy, museum the guy with all the tattoos yeah yeah um yeah that yeah that's at the yeah the modern <coughs> museum in switzerland i have no idea no, all i know but was it after he died? Though? Yes. Yeah. It was, yeah. He, it was after he died. It was his uh, his yakuza tattoos. Yeah. House? And it's like holy shit. Because he had a he had like ninety seven percent of his body was covered in tattoos. So he's like, oh, when I die, fuck it. Okay. Skin it and make it a human jerky. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know if it was actually before he died. They they just, he just pissed off the wrong people. No. <laughs> you know. No. Well, I, I, there are certain cultures that I think the Russian mafia is one of them. Where if you have tattoos of a uh, signifying a certain thing that you didn't earn, they'll cut it off you. Bikers will do the same thing. Yeah. They'll use cheese graters and shit, too. That's why uh, I believe, uh-huh. I could be wrong, but why Alexander Emelenko, the MMA fighter from Russia, why he had to change some of his tattoos, because he had tattoos signifying that he was part of the Russian mafia like when he went to prison for unknown things that we shouldn't talk about. Anyway, <laughs> he had to change his tattoos because they were showing that because they're like, if you don't get rid of them or cover them up, we're cutting them off you. Mm. I mean, paper cuts suck. Dude, <laughs> Let's be real. I've actually like ripped off like parts of like my fingertips from doing work or like around the house and other stuff. And it's like everything gets super raw mm-hmm. or even better. If you wonder what it probably like roughly feels like, take some tape and just keep going over one part of your finger. And over time when it gets raw, just keep going. Yeah. Keep going. Keep going until it gets like to the point where you can't touch anything. Now imagine that everywhere. Yeah, I mean, no I've, skin. I've skinned a deer before, and that's kind of hard. So I can just imagine. Did you boil it first? <laughs> no. Did you? You leave get it, it sunburned? Yeah. Did you give it sunburned? No. Damn it! You did it wrong. Yes, yeah, so you did do it right. <laughs> you make certain cuts, and you could fucking just go. Yeah, all I've, way down. I've seen people do it with rabbits and like, oh, with like frogs. When people like skin frogs, they're like, oh, you just take off the pants. I I saw this guy that was uh he was. No, nothing, no, no prejudice or anything like that against it. But he was a Mexican gentleman that actually did that with a deer. It was, fa- I was like, 
holy crap, that's a new world record. He just like yeah, he's on Facebook, right? Yeah, he fucking smoked that thing. He skinned that deer in like less than a minute, a full size deer, and he's just like fucking. It was like done. Slice, slice. I was like, holy crap. So I mean, if something like that, I mean, these probably these people probably did this. To numerous people, so they probably got really fucking but good at it. But they were not doing it fast. They were doing it slow to make you hurt. But they probably got really good oh, yeah, at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Because you know. imagine there's probably a guy like, okay, Kevin H., you're on skinning the face. Kevin C., <laughs> you're on skinning the back. Me, I'm over there eating popcorn. It's like, I don't, I'm going to another room. This is not my bag, dude. <laughs> Bro, I'm sorry, but when you, if you don't die right away, I'll be the salt guy. He's <laughs> like, I got popcorn hands and popcorn's typically salty and I'll try to come over and help him and I'm like, I'll be, salt. I'll be your salt man. The only thing that could have been worse is if you were eating like Sour Patch Kids and you just saved all the crusties at the bottom. Like, take that. We never hear about the sugar getting dumped in oh, a wound. Oh, the, 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 that like sour shit? That sucks. Mm, yeah. Um, speaking of skinning deer, my dad used to cheat where he would start a cut then you'd get the air compressor hose with like a, like a air blower on it. Uh-huh. you get it in there and just go... And hit it a couple of times, and it actually pulls the the skin off the meat, and then you just, you just peel it right off. We rednecked some shit. It worked pretty good though. I've never been hunting. <laughs> one time, I, oh, I did go one time, and I fell asleep against a tree. I, I fell asleep every. And time they're like, the "Oh, did you see anything?" <laughs> yeah, no, man, I saw nothing the whole time. I did. I saw the inside of my eyelids. Gone. <laughs> What's next? So yeah, next we're gonna go into one that's. Uh, it's pretty simple compared to some of the more elaborate shit that we've already talked about. This method is called strapado. Oh, my God. It sounds fancy. Right? Strapado. <laughs> sounds like a music thing. Yeah. It's, it's like a fancy fucking like a a fancy ballet dance. dance move or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I need to go do the strapado. <laughs> so, like many of the other torches in the Middle Age, this one was used for people like witches and heretics and... She's anybody not a witch. that anybody that spoke out about against the royalty. So um, everyone in this room. Yeah, we would all get fucked pretty good in the Middle Ages. <laughs> How do you know she's a witch? Turn me into a newt once. Um, <laughs> we're killing that joke now. <laughs> Push, but I got better. Um, you fucking nerds. So the the victim would be forced to stand up while their hands were bound behind their back because why not change some shit up for once, you know? So they'd have their wrists tied behind their back. The wrists were then tied to a long rope that would be run through a pulley system. Okay. So the pulley system is behind the person, up through the ceiling. The torturer would pull on the rope, lifting them up, well, lifting their hands and arms up for the most part, backwards. Okay, so like kind of like what the cops do when they get an unruly uh, perp. They, you know, wrap, they have the person handcuffed behind them. Mm-hmm. They each put an arm on and they put the hand on the shoulder yep. and they wrench forward because it naturally throws the head forward. Right. But so it sucks when you do it to yourself. So what? Eventually they're, they're because oh. if they, they keep going, they're probably too far. Their arms are going to be coming out of their sockets. ESPN, chill it out. We got to let the story be told. Yeah, so, how's it feel now, prick? <laughs> Yelled at me last week. Now we so got you're him. headed down the right road, except before they got there, there was some bumps in the road involving getting it to the point where your arms were almost straight out behind you, and then jerking on the rope a few times just to dislocate the shoulders, just to fuck your arms. This up. wouldn't fuck with Vin Diesel. He did it. He was able to do this by himself in fucking Pitch Black. Yeah. Uh, the scene where he was fucking yeah, tying with the rope I, thing and he rotated it up. Though, blade. Put his shoulder back in socket at least. Yeah, I can pull my shoulder back in socket too. I can take my thumb out. Watch. 
Yeah, but Vin, <laughs> yeah, but Vin Diesel kind of went up, and, went up and over. And but he actually did it. He actually did that stunt, like did where, he? yeah, he wasn't handcuffed. They actually gave him enough loose, like it was loose enough so he could do it. But he was able. He's able to dislocate both of his shoulders and rotate them around. I can get to the point where I'm like here, and I'm like, look at me, I'm fucking cool. I can, I can otter my hands behind my back. Oh yeah. Well, did they ever like? Pull on it so hard that Vin Diesel's shoulders came out of his socket. No, so no. his arms would have been straight up in the air, but backwards. No, he <laughs> his hands were able to rotate. Oh, you dummy! I know. I was fuck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would hurt like a son of a bitch because I've dislocated my shoulder again. Thank you, football. That's why my right arm is fucking getting longer. You want to? I can pop it out of soldier out of joint right now. No, let's not say we did. Oh wait, wait, almost there. I'm gonna stop. Please what, do. You can put your finger right in no, my I shoulder socket. That. You kind of want it, don't you? I see you like. I'm burying like not like I'm two knuckles, almost two knuckles deep into my shoulder socket. Uh, and okay. It's back. Uh, see, I'd be almost okay with this. Uh, lefty though, lefty would be fucked. So after they would, after they pulled so far and so hard that it actually popped their shoulders out of the sockets, they would continue to just keep lifting because it's just pulling and it's your arms are not supposed to go that way anyway, and you're. So essentially, when you put your hands up, your thumbs go behind you. Yeah. With this, your thumbs go in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> and they keep going more and more. Yeah. Still going up. Yep. So just keep on ripping out. They would they would pull people up to the point where their heads were almost touching the ceiling. So they would be like. They never actually like uh, shackled their feet to the ground. Nope. So they turned them into a human pinata. Yep. All right. How was your week? <laughs> your week okay? Kevin H, was your week okay? Yeah. Good? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's talk about something a little yeah. more positive. Uh, so, I, don't, I don't want a strapado. Or a so, uh, no, man. I thought it was something cool and funny, but no, man. Fuck but, that. But, I thought it was fancy shoes. I thought it was a fancy but dance. Is, but is this really going to kill you, though? No. No. This but is it's still th- a torture, this is, though. This is one of the few that I actually covered that would not outright kill you. But if you, once everything was all said and done, your arms are useless. Yeah, you're fucked. They're, like, they come down to like, hey, look at the jelly arm. Yeah, I mean... He'd be a fucking great dancer, though. Got great motion. <laughs> so you're pretty much... They're ripped out of fucking socket, out of everything, and tendons are done, yeah. shot. Yeah. So you basically fucking cut them off. You you would have... <laughs> yeah, pretty much you might have, as well. You, you would have no use for your arms. You would need help wiping your own butt. I mean... Another, Not even a stick would help. Unless you can do it with your... Legs. With, your, with your feet? <laughs> what are you, a cat? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> So another method would be to pull the rope until just before the shoulders popped out and just start jerking on the rope just to, so you're getting that shooting pain. And then after they got whatever they wanted for information out of you, they would just stop. So they wouldn't necessarily break your shoulders, but they would fuck your arms up. They'd really make you feel like you were going to do it. Exactly. So essentially, if you're one of those ones that yells, I'll never talk. Yeah. Never. And they're like, oh, fuck you. I'd be like that. Ki- I'd be like Chunk in fucking Goonies just saying every fucking bad thing I've ever done as a kid. <laughs> in one time, I dumped fake puke over the back of the movie theater and went, and everybody started puking. <laughs> Mama, I love this kid. Can we keep him? Oh. Well, uh. did, did, did you guys like get all your fun stuff out of the way? Because it's going to get back. Well, hold on. <laughs> Let's talk about the Thomas Jane Punisher moment where he's searing the beef and he starts hitting him with the, uh, the popsicle. popsicle. Oh, my God. Okay, that made me laugh. Uh. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. Actually, another one that was good was um, uh, Joe Ledger, the uh, the extinction machine, where he's got the old dude tied down. 
and he fucking he shot him up with some kind of like tranquilizer in his hands and he's uh he's like i'm gonna he's got his head tied back so he can't see and he's like i'm gonna cut your fucking fingers off if you don't talk and he's like bullshit blah 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 and he had like a little like electrodes attached to each finger so he could send shocks to each one of them and he's like under the table like playing with the thing and cutting fucking carrots with a pair of like bolt cutters he's screaming he's getting like little like shocks through his fingers thinks they're getting him cut off <laughs> then he has a fucking heart attack he's like oh fuck Sometimes the fear itself is worse than the action. Exactly. Um, All right, let's keep going. So the next one is one of the most fucked up ways that I could have found to kill somebody. It is called scaphism. Wait a minute. Hold on. It's the most fucked up of everything we've talked about. This is the most fucked up. And uh, there's way more out there. Shall I continue? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, please. Okay, so scaphism or... As it was known by the ancient Greeks, because they were usually the ones that had this done to them by the Persians, it was called the boats. Sounds like a disease. I've got a case of the boats. It sounds like something the mafia would do. Give them the fucking boats. (laughs) This guy's uh, guy's selling on our turf. What do you want to do? We're going to give him the fucking boats. They walk over, (laughs) hand him a kayak. Get out of here. What? Why don't you just give me a kayak? You take yeah, this and paddle the fuck off, huh? That, that's a true torture right there. You get a kayak, try carrying that fucking downtown. You know, it's fucking hard. You Put that on the subway. You can't do it. We see you here one more time. We're giving you the fucking aluminum boat. We'll give you and a you canoe. you got to carry that son of a bitch down to the East River and get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Stop paddling, fuck. So this, this method is described as having uh, someone tied between wood... This part didn't make any sense. It says described as having someone tied between two wooden canoes because it doesn't have anything to do with fucking canoes. Their head and legs would be protruding from a wooden box that was sealed. So, like a magic box. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. Uh, right there. I'm like, <laughs> like that poor girl that always gets cut in half. You yeah. see her head in her hands. And really, there's another person there or another little f- dummy. I got this. But unlike the magic box, the victim here would be force-fed milk and honey until they, well, shit the bejesus out of themselves in the box. Oh. This is the worst thing ever for someone who's lactose intolerant. Right? <laughs> the guy over here. Or me. some or somebody whose stomach doesn't like like really rich sweet shit like the guy over there. Yeah. <laughs> I Dude, sure. could you imagine if they put us in the, they gave you the honey, gave me the milk, we're like, we just start crying. <laughs> Switch it around. Switch it around, please. I don't want any lactate or almond milk. And I'm just I'm not that I'm dumb. Just like, I just don't eat it. And I'm just sitting on a rock laughing, eating Cheetos. Ha! <laughs> You're, no, they're I giving have an iron stomach. Fucking losers. No, they're giving you egg salad. You fuck. That just gives me farts. Yeah. Um. So does fucking milk. Dude, everything gives me the farts though. They um, give me the fart. That the sweets give me the farts, and they give me the shits real bad. So. So after you started, you know, just shitting everywhere inside of this box, they would unseal it. Oh, no. Oh. They would cover sensitive parts of your body, so use your imagination for that, with honey to attract insects. Uh, keep going? Yeah, do okay. it. At this get po- good. At this point in time, they would take the box and the victim to either a stagnant pond or to, f- or to float like on like a, like a shallow pond or something, a shallow body of water out in the sun so that all of the batter in there is baking into a shit cake um so this is my sister's cooking well as 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 you are becoming a shit biscuit they would continue to force feed you milk and honey <laughs> this guy this got wrong i don't want to go out there it smells like shit don't worry about it just go so, i'm not so doing it. you're the low man of the totem pole go it's he, your turn so essentially they're one of those doctors in the uh it's in a fucking plague, plague right? they're like 
I can't smell shit. This is awesome. He's got a bottle of bubble. No, dude. The first thing that I thought of was this poor bastard, like, rowing out there would have been, like, something from, uh, like, history, like, Mel Brooks, History of the World Part 1, in a little rowboat with, like, a fucking old-school, like, clothespin on his nose. No, it was one of those over-exaggerated <laughs> clothespins, too. Not, like, the little tiny ones, but, like, the one that's, like, yeah. a foot and a half tall. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this poor son of a bitch would have to row out there three or four times a day and force-feed you more milk and honey. Damn it, Thomas, I got another one in the ocean. I can smell them from over here. <laughs> and so, it, it, The downwind. And there's like a couple people that are like, like oh, okay, I can't stand this anymore. Rochambeau, ready? <laughs> All right, let's do this. Chuck Norris, I win. <laughs> Fuck! Yes. So, so here's where it takes Chuck a Chuck Norris hasn't even born yet. <laughs> here's where it takes a turn for the worse. Oh, that? Okay, let's get to the bad part. Because as this... As everything's baking and all the insects that have been attracted to sensitive parts of your body by honey are laying eggs in you and in the fecal matter in said box, they would start to feast on the person in the box. They would sometimes have been laid somewhere inside of you. To be fair, though, I think your skin would already be dying and sepsis would already been kicked in. It's like when you have people that are morbidly obese stuck in their house. Yeah, and you know they're kind of fused to their furniture. Over time, that skin just already is dead. Yeah. So when they're like laying it in there, they won't even know until it's too late. The skin's dead, which Hoot. is fine. But a lot of the time, you'd be eaten from the inside out by insects. The victims would usually die of septic shock and would, like, again, be eaten from the inside out by bugs and critters and shit like that. All right, that's in top five so uh, far. He was right. That is a pretty shitty one. That's a it, shitty it, way to die. Good one. <laughs> nice. I'll give you one, too. That was that's a double high fiber. Uh, so the next, we're going to go to the knee splitter, uh, which was used primarily during the Spanish Inquisition. Kevin, go ahead. The Inquisition. What a show. Okay, because I, I literally, in my notes, put in parentheses, insert Monty Python joke here, so nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Anyway, even though it had a, had the name <laughs> what of... Are you, what are you going to do? <laughs> the, bring out the knee splitter. Yeah. So even though this thing had the name of the knee splitter, it was commonly used on other body parts, including the elbows, forearms, lower legs. So the device is made out of two wooden blocks. So you'd have one at the top and one at the bottom. And in between, there were metal teeth facing towards each other in the center. After the torturer inserted whichever body part of the victim they chose, they would turn uh, they would uh, turn the handle slowly, driving the metal teeth into the flesh, muscle, bone, everything of the victim. The number of teeth would vary depending on like where you were or what you did between three and twenty two. I'd rather have twenty two. I think I've heard of this. But not with the, the teeth, but more with like nails, like the screw or something. Like, yeah, they like put your arm in and they'd fucking or whatever. Yeah, they and they would still have a crank and it would slowly the compression would break yeah. things. Yeah, it didn't have the teeth. It was it was just two metal bars. Right? Yeah, yeah, that, that was it's very it's I would say it's a cousin of the knee splitter, pretty much. So when the teeth would close around the limb, it would shred the muscle and bone and just mangle everything beyond repair. So you're essentially going to lose whatever limb they lock this bitch onto. I'd still rather have the 22 over the three. Yeah. Because the three, I'm like, you think about it, like when laying on a bed of nails, they would the more the nails are, even though it's going to suck, the more it dissipates, whatever, you have less and it's going to puncture the skin deeper and harder and do more damage. It's funny that you're talking about that because some variants of the knee splitter 
would have the smaller teeth, so they would have the 22 of them. Yeah. But they would often be on the sides of the larger teeth and facing different directions. So say the teeth are coming down like a steak knife like this, and then you'd have a couple of teeth sticking off the front and so the back. So teeth are coming down vertical. You'd Other teeth are coming horizontally. horizontally. So they would create, like some of them would almost create like a cross-shaped wound, which I got. You can't seal that. Exactly. From what I've read, like cross-shaped and triangular-shaped wounds are like some of the hardest ones to to seal. There was a trench knife that was a diamond shape, and it was actually deemed by the Geneva Convention that it was too barbaric for war. Because the wounds can't be So apparently there are rules in war. Don't use diamond or triangle-shaped blades. So it, now, do they use this? I know you're probably going to go into it. I'm, I'm a little ESPN yeah, yeah. here, but see, that's a thing now. I know, but are they were they trying to, were they actually trying to like break arms or or actually cause so much damage? But or, or was it just to put know, enough hey, pressure until, to make them talk? Yeah, I think it'd be one of those things where they would go, okay, well, tell us what we want to know. I don't know anything. Okay, we're going to put your arm in this thing. Tell us what we want to know. I don't know anything. And they'd start to slowly Probably do like maybe a quarter turn, quarter turn. Yeah. Depending on if it's an asshole, half turn. And then I, I think like after after it would be making contact is when they'd go, okay, do you really not know anything? No, I don't know shit. And they'd crank it more. So it wouldn't be a quick thing. It would be like they're, they're touching. They're like, it's like the teeth would be making contact and then you would feel them get pushed into your skin and then the skin would break and it would be fucking like enough. Yeah. Torture. You still have enough like, time to actually seal torture. it. <laughs> Unless they put a gag in that guy's mouth. Oh, tell yeah. us. So, I mean, it, oh, it, it could be. He's not talking. It could be one of those things where they could get these teeth like an eighth of an inch into your arm and you go, fuck, okay, I'll tell you. And then they would just stop maybe. Or mm. maybe they'd go, yeah, fuck it, we're already here. <laughs> mm. <laughs> just crank it down. Yeah, because the only way I can think of testing that is like take a screwdriver, a blunt screwdriver, and just don't. Sh- Never mind. Don't do this at home. Don't even bother. So another thing that they would... know somebody would do it. Yeah. Another thing that they would do a lot of the time is they would heat the teeth up before they started... So cauterizes it. Through hot butter. Yeah, but still, like, you're, it's hot and sharp, and that would suck. A knife through hot butter. A knife through... Like a knife, hot knife through butter. Hot knife through butters. Yeah. Not like a knife through hot butter. Like, no, like butter's the kid. Like hot yeah. butter through a knife, you mean? That's going to happen. <laughs> Um, so most of the victims would either die from shock, blood loss, or other methods of execution. So this could just be a fucking prelude to being drawn and quartered or being brought to the headsman or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I feel that. like a lot of times a lot of times with torture techniques and torture methods, there's no coming back. You're not going to get tortured and then let go. No. There's only like a handful, like maybe branding or maybe losing a limb or something like that. Maybe. But a lot of times with what you've been talking about, there's no coming back from this. No, it, because it's, it's it's meant to mangle you. Yeah. To permanently mark you to say, this person did something that we thought was wrong. You send somebody on a shitty cruise and the first thing they do is not come back. Yeah. Okay, so I have to get this off my chest. It's bugging the hell out of me because I just, you know, I just thought of it and I was like, oh, I got to gotta get this out of there. So it's like uh, the, toe, the, the toe splitter. This is, uh, you know, or the, whatever, the toe. The knee, the knee splitter? No. It's <clears> like, uh, what's his name from... Um, um, Mad Max toe cutter, toe cutter, the toe cutter, <laughs> the, the knee splitter. Sorry, just came to my brain. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I, 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 okay, I didn't know where you were going, but you now know? I do, and I get it. He could be a part of the team. He could be a part of the team. You killed my cousin. Who is your cousin? The toe cutter. Who are you? The knee splitter. 
I was thinking, like, dude, what happens if they put it on the calf? Is it a calf slicer? Ooh. Oh, no, it would just fucking smash your leg to bits and, like, slice it all to fuck. Calf slicer. Oh, Jesus. Wrestling, motherfucker. Uh, nice. The phenomenal calf slicer, AJ Styles. So our next one, we're going to go towards uh, towards our buddy Kevin's ancestral lands of medieval Germany. The Germanic. This one is called the instep borer. It was used as a form of punishment uh, for people that were, you know, thieves or petty criminals, something like, you know, that that kind of crime there. It it was designed to look like an iron boot with a hinge on the front, so you'd have like a flap on the front of this boot. So, they so would... your toes could be shown. No, no, no. Just okay. It would be it'd be like a flap, so they could just slide your foot, your whole foot in. Oh, instead okay. of having to put your, you know, like you going into a regular shoe. Okay. Fuck with your instep. Oh. Yeah. So you would have your foot placed into the into the boot, and uh, a boot. Yeah. <laughs> so that the housing of the top of the boot concealed a thick, grooved, and very often dull blade. <sighs> when the boot was closed over the top of your foot, the blade would would make contact with your foot it wouldn't the heel or the top the top of your foot okay so little quick little side story on this one Mm -hmm. the only thing i can compare this to from what i remember from when i was a kid i grew up in an area where there's a bunch of slate quarries and a lot of times slate Uh, quarries have these big old water holes in there and you're always told if you're gonna jump in be careful because you never know what's gonna happen well i was a I knew what was going to happen. I was going to sink like a fucking rock, so I eased my way in. Well, one of my buddies ran and jumped in, and he started screaming, couldn't figure out what happened. We dragged him out. piece of slate went from his heel all the way to the middle of his instep, almost into uh, where the balls of his feet is or are. Instant blood gushing everywhere. We didn't know what to do, so we took our towels, wrapped around there, and we had to run to a neighboring house, steal their trailer, hook it up to our bike, and bring it back to Mm. his house. We're about a mile and a half, two miles from his house, and he's screaming. Blood is pouring out from underneath his foot. So, hearing this, I'm having flashbacks of that, except for on the top of the foot. Fuck that. Yeah. So. Yeah, he he needed 25 stitches, tetanus shot, and was in a cast Mm. for eight months. God damn. And he was lucky that he didn't go, like, he could have went deeper, and they would have needed to have surgery. Mm-hmm. But the blood. So the, the anyway, back to your story. <laughs> the best description I could find for this this blade that would come into contact with the top of your foot when they closed the the boot. What are you w- talking about? Would have been like a thick corkscrew with like sections like missing out of it, so it would have almost been serrated. Ah. Uh. Yeah. So the crank would then be twisted, forcing the blade into the top of the foot. The design of the boot was that to cause as much damage as possible. Um, with the blade design being caused to tear muscle and smash bone. And then when it's coming back out, it's pulling all of that tissue back out with it, like a corkscrew. Is it bad that every time when we talk about blades, the first thing I'm thinking of is uh, sheetrock knives, blades, those exacto blades? Because mm-hmm. every time I... I know it's probably looking like more like a knife, but I always view it as yeah, what goes in a sheetrock knife. Because that's, what, that's what we think of blades. as a razor blade. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God damn but it, But yeah, man. Th- this, this was closer to like a, a really thick corkscrew. Uh, actually, it would have been closer to like a drill bit. 
because when it's coming back out, because you know, you, like you drill a hole in sheetrock and you come back out, you have the sheetrock in that. Yeah. So when and you're coming, said, yeah. when you're coming back out instead of sheetrock or wood, you're coming back out with fucking muscle tissue. Like in Hostel One, where that kid gets that drill in the top of his kneecap. Yeah. Yep. Um, this next one is pretty bad. Um, I'm going to apologize in advance for. Any of our female listeners, because this is going to make you really uncomfortable. This one's called the Pair of Anguish. This little bastard was used primarily on women who were accused of... I, I shit you not, I could not make these charges up. Lying, blasphemy, witchcraft, and having a miscarriage. So this is very much medieval time. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. So it's like up to what, fifteen, sixteen hundred, maybe. Yeah, probably in that neck of the woods there. So and before, like before, probably even during the the Inquisition period, that's probably yeah. where that was came up was. It, it was also used for people accused of homosexuality, but the biggest use of it was on was on women, um, most primarily mostly on the witches because everybody was a fucking witch and everybody needed to be punished for it. Who's a witch? She's a witch. So as the name implies, it's a metal device shaped like a pear, but when it was unscrewed and opened, uh, it would kind of like twist open and it was uh, like four metal prongs that were almost shaped like spoons. So you'd have the handle, then you'd have like a big dip and then like a point at the very end of it. So when it closed back up, it would have looked like a point, like a, a pear with, uh, it would look like a pear with like the stem sticking out of the top of it. Um, so, hmm. so if it was, okay, go on. I'm just trying to think of how your brain can't put it together. Can it <laughs> yeah. imagine putting a pear where it shouldn't go in a person, but metal. Well, imagine putting a pear where it shouldn't go in a person fat end first. Take your pair, rotate it 180 We're gonna degrees. We're going to take that pair, going to shine it up real good. Because it's metal. Going to turn metal. it sideways and stick it right in probably your vagina. Which, or, or your you butthole. Oh. Or, mm, we'll get into the oars. Okay. So, when the victim was chosen, the pair would be inserted into different orifices for different crimes. For liars and blasphemers, the pair would be inserted into your mouth. Uh, for women who miscarried or were accused of witchcraft, their pair would be inserted into the vagina. For men who were accused of homosexuality, you can kind of guess where they'd put it for Don't that wreck one. Them. Yeah. Wrecked them. Damn near killed them. Oh, wait. You would kill them. <laughs> uh, so once the pair was where it needed to be, the screw handle would be twisted backwards to open it up. What? So you'd have... No. It, yeah. Um, this would... Uh, as it opened... It would stretch everything out, and it would rip things, and depending on, uh, oh boy, <laughs> uh, it would just cause massive amount of damage to the inside of whatever, for better lack of better term, whatever hole it was in, rupturing blood vessels, tearing tissue, uh, if they did it the wrong way, and they had it in a woman's vagina, and they, and she was smaller, I would guess, like a smaller framed woman, it could potentially dislocate hips, uh, Tell me they didn't break pelvises. Like it's one thing for like it, if you know for birthing a child, like a lot of times the hip will crack right. and things will get torn and like separated or whatever because that's natural. But 
knowing that this will go in there, do all this damage, and then if they close it to pull it back out, guarantee those teeth are going to come together and pinch things they exactly. shouldn't Exactly, pinch. they're pinching things, and then when they pull it out, it's tearing. There's like no way... Nope. So... Nope. Nope. If you were lucky enough to be considered a liar, imagine having this thing in your mouth and having them open it. And first, the first thing that's going to happen is it's going to break your do they, teeth. Do they wash it from the last use? No. Most, most of this shit never got washed. They didn't sanitize anything. That's the anything. true torture. Yeah. Like, oh, look at that thing. Who was that in last time? Him. Ugh. Where? You don't want to know. What do you want to know? What do you want to know? <laughs> yeah. I will tell you things that I don't even fucking know to avoid this. I will make up stuff. Um, Just give me the guillotine. So imagine having this thing in your mouth and having them open it. Dislocate your jaw. Before it dislocates your jaw, it's going to start cracking teeth. It's going to rip the roof of your mouth. It's going to rip your tongue. I think your jaw will dislocate first because your jaw can only go to a certain point. And then it'll crack and then teeth will follow. And then your tongue yeah. Cut the little webbing underneath your tongue. It, I mean, it would it would probably instantly cut your tongue and the roof of your mouth as soon as they put it in because they weren't gentle about this stuff. They just fucking. And that's it where in. the term slack jaw came from, probably. Mm. Probably not. But. So, the pair was was used from the early to mid 1600s up until the early 1800s. So this this was still used recently oh, in the okay. in the grand scheme of things. But just just tell me they didn't they didn't after they opened it up they didn't pull. No, they, they would open it up and then they would leave it that way because you're still going to be in pain no matter if it's open as far as it is and then they close it and then they open it back up. They're just going to leave it open and yeah, you're going to be... And if they put up someone's rectum before mm-hmm. and then... Then they put it they in... They put it in your mouth or in... A that's what I'm saying, like... They, they're, that's, that's definitely... If you're not dying from any wounds inflicted... By it, you're dying from infection. No, you were dying from another from be from an execution because this would be. You have this thing in you. You're screaming. You go, okay. I will tell you what you want to know. Okay, cool. You're going to the fucking gallows tomorrow. So yeah, you have like 12 hours, maybe 24 hours yeah. of sheer just hell. Most most of this shit. Like I think they did close it up, but go back to what you're saying. I'm pretty sure they would close it back up. Just to get it out of there because of ease. And also, yeah. it adds a little more pain because, like, we're talking about the teeth will close together and just pinch and pull whatever it was attached to it. Yeah. yeah. It's like a body of your tongue. Mm-hmm. Because I just didn't want to uh, – I, I, that would have really – <laughs> That would have broke you? Yeah. While it's open, they decided to re- remove it. Well, there goes Kevin. He's gone. <laughs> he just jumped out the fucking window. Yeah. He's going to go find pears in the grocery store and burn them to the ground. <laughs> But yeah, most of this shit that didn't kill you outright, you were still going to get executed for it afterwards. Like the uh, like um, strapado where you got your arms popped out. You yeah, your arms were completely useless until the next day when they took your fucking head off with the giant axe. I would guess mm. they they didn't. If or you were if you were a criminal, team. yeah, it, exactly. If you were a criminal, they didn't keep you floating around for long. They would fuck you up and then kill you. It's it's a more efficient system, I guess you could say. Yeah, but if you, if you're just a liar or whatever, they're not gonna take your head off it depends on what you lie about did you try to attempt to kill the king or a queen or did you did you you just steal some bread and say no i mean that that one ranks right up there with one that i didn't put on the list that i'm going to talk about real quickly because it's it's the same really uncomfortable kind of thing where it would have been used for women accused of witchcraft and all this Mm. it was called the breast ripper so it would have looked almost like two like heavy duty like cast iron like carving forks that you bent at the top so that the prongs were facing each other and they would put it around one on each side of 
a woman's breast and they would push it in, push the teeth together into it. And they'd often be like strapped to a wall. Like the woman would be like tied to a wall or something and they would have it and they would just rip the fucking thing right off. They would, it would just rip everything right off for chest. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, humans are so fucked up. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're fucking disgusting with what we've done to people in yeah. the past. As, uh, as the, as the directors from the, the movie Hostel said, people it, think we're fucked up because we put some of the, the, the torture scenes in here. They're all real. They're all real, but we found even worse. Yeah, Eli Roth, man, he did his homework and making sure all the scenes in that were like legit, real shit that's happened. I mean, they're they're in one way, shape, or form. I mean, I was telling Kevin, you know, but the one of the worst ones I ever heard, you know, was I mean, besides these guys, because well, that that pair was yeah fucking bad. But you know, I had heard from the Inquisition or whatever was they take a piece of rope. They would stretch it out. They would get you butt naked. They would lay you on the rope. I'm guessing they face would... down, and then two people. It was their job to grab a, a foot, an arm, and a leg. I'm guessing they, they would have had your your feet and legs, your feet and hands tied together, no. so just for ease of getting a hold of both limbs at the same time. So you'd have one person running feet, one person running hands. No. You, you, one on each side of the of the rope. You ha, you had one arm, you had one arm, oh, and one okay. leg or whatever, and you went back and forth. And this is on like hemp rope or whatever, really. Where it's really porous. Yeah, and back Rough. and forth, back and forth, back and forth until basically either a you gave up or it cut you in half. See, that's terrible. Like the one that I always knew of was where they would take a uh, uh, leather straps. Soak them, and then mm. once uh, they would either strip the person down or they would keep them in their clothes, whatever, wrap these straps on them so they're relatively tight, like pretty snug, and then put them out in the sun, like the baking yeah. sun of like the desert, and then over time would just let that those straps... It, it would suffocate you. Oh, no, even worse, man. It would pop your head off. Fuck. Because you got to imagine... Imagine taking a really like good leather belt and getting it really wet, well, I'm just, and it's really pliable, it, yeah. whatever. And oh, you would have them, you know, shoulders along your chest, your arms, your legs all the way, and then they would get it as snug as they could, leave you out in the sun, and all that that porous uh, the liquid in the leather because it's porous will just de- dehydrate. And... Mm. I'm about ready to call this yeah. game yeah. over. I mean, Bill Hicks said it best when he said, "The human race is a virus in sneakers." <laughs> uh yeah well we're, we're we're getting there i mean we've got a few more um and then uh we'll talk about some of the really rough shit that the cia does to people currently but our next one is called the swedish drink and unfortunately this one doesn't involve any kind of alcohol uh it's called uh it was it was called schwerden trunk uh, it was also this. Um, this was used on German peasants by the Swedish military and mercenary groups during the Thirty Years' War, which lasted surprisingly thirty years. Right um, during the war, soldiers and mercenaries weren't paid very well, so they were just told by the higher ups that pretty much we come into a town, you want to fucking loot people, you want to whatever, feel free, all yours. You know, whatever you find for valuables, you can keep. So one of their favorite methods that they would that they'd come up with to try to get people to give up their their valuables and all of this was to whip up a concoction that would mix dirt grass shit both human and animal 
urine, both human and animal, and mud. They would usually be brought to a boil and then force-fed to whomever they thought was withholding information from them. You okay? Oh, that was gross. You had a mouthful of a drink, too. Oh. <laughs> this is a real shitty stew. Yeah. Um, so they'd... And after they were force-fed this, they'd often be beaten around the chest and stomach. To make sure they swallow it? Yep. Then they'd be force-fed more of it, and then they'd just, like, stomp on people's stomachs and kick them in the stomach and all this stuff to make them puke it back up. I don't want seconds. Eat the seconds. Yeah. So imagine how bad a shit teeny would taste, but then throw it back up. Crap cocktail. So you got your all that mud and human shit and urine and dirt, and then when it comes back up, it's got bile and whatever you ate for breakfast that morning attached to the bottom of it. That would fucking suck. So we're gonna move on to. Oh well. I'm yeah. <laughs> we're gonna move on to uh, to some uh, more modern kind of torture methods. So this one this one made me squirm a little bit. Uh, oh, this one made you squirm a little. Yeah, it's. You guys have probably both heard of it, the Glasgow Smile. This one uh, was originated in Glasgow, Scotland in the 1920s or 30s. They're not really sure. It was you that, don't say. that area. Right, yeah. <laughs> the Glasgow Smile, you know, the, it was developed in fucking Dallas, Texas in the 1990s. So it was used mostly by street gangs as a way to send their message to rivals. The victim would usually be jumped in a side alley and then held down by the assailants, and then they would uh, they would take a knife and they would cut from the corners of your mouth up towards your ears to make it look like a smile. Do you want to know how I got these scars? Otter pops. That's how I got mine. Uh, I was <laughs> Joker. <laughs> His dad. Yes. So the the cuts would usually not be made with a knife, but they would usually be, be done with a spoon, st- either a straight razor, a broken bottle, or a utility knife. So like a sheetrock knife or a straight razor or a broken bottle. After they slash your face, they would beat the living hell out of you. The reason for the beating was to cause the victim to scream in pain, which would then tear the skin and muscle apart, and it would uh, it would actually kind of lock the the smile look into it a bit. The victim would off the victims who did die would often die of blood loss, but those lucky enough to survive would be left with a permanent scar of you know. So a couple of examples, like we've already said, like the Joker, um, and Tommy Flanagan from Braveheart and mm-hmm. Sons of Anarchy. Is another guy that's that's had this done to him Chibs. too. Yeah, my, one of my, my personal favorite character on there. Um, so yeah, there, that's that's that one. That's that's one that more people are probably going to have heard of. Um, I don't know if I would. I don't know if I consider that a torture. It's is not it really, really a torture, torture method, but it. I don't. We're just getting into some fucked up shit now. Yeah, I, I wanted to throw that one in because we're going to go right back into another one that is a completely bona fide torture method called the Tucker Telephone. This one was uh, was developed in the 1960s in uh, Tucker State. Uh, I'm sorry, on the Tucker State Prison Farm in Arkansas. It was invented by the resident, uh, the resident prison doctor. A fucking doctor came up with this. His name was A. E. Rollins. The prisoner would be brought to the quote hospital room where they would be secured to an examination table, which were metal, and uh, they would get hooked up to this little device. The device was made up of a small electrical generator connected to an old style, like, uh, we call them like the, the, the crank phones, uh-huh. like the dial phones. Mm-hmm. Electrode or something? Yeah. So the ground wire would be wrapped around the person's, the prisoner's 
uh, big toe because they obviously would strip them down naked. And the hot wire would be applied to the genitals, which would complete the circuit. So you've got... Okay, because you don't want to have... You only want it to flow from yeah, point A to point B. So at this point in time, there's no electricity yet. You've just got your ground Mm -hmm. and your active wire hooked up. When the phone was dialed, it would create an electrical current into the prisoner's body, more specifically directly into the gens. The guards and doctors would often make, quote, long-distance calls where the phone would be cranked until the prisoner would pass out. The electricity would not kill the prisoner, but it could cause permanent brain and organ damage. Um, Organ. Yeah, I (laughs) (laughs) got it. Um, This was used up until 1968, actually. Holy shit. So this was, I mean. Wow. You, Okay. You, you ever been, like, zapped? I'm sure you have. You work with electrical shit all the time. Mm-hmm. Dude, I've been zapped by every outlet in my house. Every time I swap one, I always seem to get electrocuted by something stupid. Stick your dick in a circuit breaker. <laughs> it's pretty much the only thing I could think of for this. Oh, that you would, stick your dick in a circuit I, breaker. I don't want to. There. When I, was a, when I was a kid, I took a pair of tweezers, <laughs> and I, like, I wrapped a couple of pairs of socks around them, and I stuck them in an electrical socket in my bedroom. Not smart. Not smart at all. Um, so this next one's pretty, uh, pretty graphic, uh, especially if you end up looking at pictures of it, it's called necklacing. Uh, in March of 1985, a group of men in South Africa found a local, uh, local counselor who had been accused of corruption. The counselor was pulled from his home, had his hands bound behind his back and had a car tire forced over his head and down around his torso. Mm. <laughs> the tire was then filled with gasoline and set on fire. This mm. is the first account of necklacing that I personally could find through the history pages that I looked on. The way that you would die would be obviously fucking horrific, considering that rubber tires can burn at temperatures of upwards at upwards of uh, 700 degrees. That's hot enough to cause fourth degree burns, which if you're not familiar with that, fourth degree burn will not only burn skin and muscle, it'll actually burn internal organs and bone, too. Pretty much melting. Yep. It's, yeah, and it your, will, your skin falls the fuck off you. Yeah. <sighs> uh, the torturous death can take in the area of 15 to 20 minutes to occur. Um, necklacing is and was fairly common in countries like South Africa, the Ivory Coast, Somalia, Haiti, and Brazil. In Brazil, it's usually carried out by drug dealers who call it micro awandas, which is a reference, uh, which is a reference for a microwave in um, Portuguese. Because I don't really know the reasoning for it, but the pictures that I looked at, I can understand why they would call it something with a microwave, because the person that I saw looked like an over microwaved like chunk of steak, mm. where it's just fucking it. Ew. I'm not going to tell you to go out and look at pictures of it, but if you want to, go ahead. It's not a pleasant sight, and I've, I've seen some awful shit on the internet, as most of us have, but that uh, that one kind of was right up there. So now we're going to get into the, uh, the some of the hardcore shit that the CIA do to uh, detainees in Guantanamo Bay, and I'm going to avoid like the religious like the religious shit where they will like burn Korans or whatever with their headwear and all that. We're going to we're sticking to physical torture. So the first two I lumped into one category 
because I'm pretty sure this is something that all of us have have experienced before from, you know, (laughs) an authority figure. Uh, The abdominal slap and the attention grasp. These ones are a fucking cakewalk compared to the old stuff. Wait, they give them the pink belly? The abdominal slap is when the interrogator backhands the detainee in the stomach. Oh, so it's a gut tap. Yeah, so. I thought it was like doing the pink belly. You're slapping somebody's belly. You're, oh. You're just going up the door. Pink belly, pink belly. I think I broke my mic. Oh, my God. Wait, I'm back. You just go pink belly, pink belly. Oh, God. It's not fun when you're fat kid and it constantly happens to you. Not not to be not to be confused with... Uh... No, you're still good. Okay, sorry. Um, I, when I did that, I jerked the the cord and it went wonky. Not to be confused with some of the some of the uh, detainees that would have a worse one done, where they would, you know, they'd be tied to a bed, have their shirt pulled up, and three to four. Do they blow raspberries on them? Go, exactly, three to four men at a time blowing raspberries on your tummy. Fuck that! I quit, <laughs> dude. My kid does that to me. She come up randomly. I'll be sleeping on the on the couch or like in my bed. She'll run up and blow a raspberry on my cheek. I'm like, God, what the fuck are you doing? She's like, Daddy, get up. And you mean alone, you meanie. It's not like they're slapping you in the belly hard enough to rupture like no, your but, liver or something. They're not like fucking Hulk slapping you. They're just like smacking you in the gut. Come or on. like what I did to your brother. Oh, when I high fived his back. Youch. They've done worse. Oh fuck yeah, they've done worse to American citizens. <laughs> the CIA have. No, I know. I, oh. I grew up getting picked on for being a fat kid and the only redhead in my class. And people will come up and hit me in the in the gut all the time. Well, they they can't touch American citizens. MK Ultra. Okay, we're not talking about that. <laughs> anyway, so the attention grasp. That's for an episode when I'm not here. The attention grasp. I've personally experienced this is when the interrogator grabs the detainee by the collar and pulls them in very close to get their attention. That's oh, I thought cool. I was going to grab them by the balls. Mm, no, it's pretty brutal, right? You know, getting grabbed by both both with both hands by the cuff of your shirt and get pulled in and having somebody talk like real serious to you. Dude, if you're not expecting it and you think you're, so a lot of times you think that people are like, Oh, well, you can't touch me. You can't touch me. And all of a sudden you get an attention grab coming out of nowhere. It can be pretty jarring. You especially almost, you, you could almost get whiplash out of it or you get really freaked out by it. That's because You weren't expecting it. Come get, on. get to the good stuff. You guys now. ready to talk about some water sports? <laughs> no, I, I, I sink like a rock. I'm good. So, Next, we're going to talk about yeah, waterboarding. Fucking surfs up, surfs yeah. <laughs> up, bro. Let's get rocking. Hang ten, yeah, yeah. So the detainee is strapped to a table or a flat board, which would often have like a, a slight tilt down uh-huh. where your head would be, and they would have a thin cloth or a towel or something over their face. The interrogators then pour water directly into the cloth and directly into your nose and mouth. So it kind of uh, kind of makes you feel like you're drowning. The interrogator would pour water incrementally to avoid killing the detainee. That's not to say that you can't die from it because uh-huh. you can. Because you can actually, if they get a little heavy handed, you can actually drown. This can cause damage to the lungs, brain. And, I'm sorry. This can cause damage to the lungs and brain due to oxygen deprivation And uh, they've actually had people that have been reported with broken bones because they've been struggling against the bond. So they'll crack a rib or their sternum or something like that. Um, And it also has like a long lasting psychological effect, obviously, Mm -hmm. because every time you take a drink of water after that, you're going to go, oh, fuck, if I tip my head back too far. You did. Yeah. I hate getting water up my nose. So this would be fucking horrible. However, as fucked up as it sounds, part of me wants to know what it feels like. 
I, I had the same thought. Where it's like, I, I know from Mythbusters, uh, they had Carrie Byron do a, a, a myth. Or not, it was like a torture technique where she's laid down, she's strapped in. There's these uh, manacles or a bracket that holds her face in place. Mm-hmm. Well, unintentional rhyme. And water was just gripping oh, her. Chinese water torture. In the forehead. And after like 20 minutes, she was like, oh, this is fine. No big deal. And then after a while, no one said anything. They kept doing it. She had almost had a nervous breakdown. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's one of those things where it's like, I kind of am curious to know what that feels like. And same thing with waterboarding because you hear how bad it is. But no offense. I don't trust anyone to do it to me. No. I I would I would trust my wife to maybe do it. But no, then, again, like, then again, I have, I have life insurance. So no, like know. I mean like as crazy as much as I would like to know what it feels like, I don't trust anyone to do it to me. Not even you guys. Yeah. No. I wouldn't. And it's like, and on the reverse side of things, I don't know if I would want to do that to somebody. Right. Because again, it's one of those, it's one of those moments where as soon as you cross that line, shit gets real. Yeah. It is not like, oh, it'd be funny. No, it's, it's real deal. It wouldn't be like, like the whole gut slap thing where, you know, you like hit somebody and you go, okay, I hit him pretty hard. Cause oh, I fucking, I've slapped you in the gut before yeah. and whatever. But I mean, it'd be one of those things where you, you fucking smack him in the gut and you go, okay, I got him good. Cause my hand's a little sore after that. This, you have no fucking idea. It's trial and error. You're like, uh, maybe that's everybody's water. different. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's all I've got for the CIA, but there were some other shit like that. I didn't really do a lot of research into, but I've seen some mm. stuff for him. Like, uh, how about Vietnam? That's like, where I was going. Like, you know, take the other I think this may have to be a two-parter oh, or a no. multi-part. Oh, no. This this one's real quick because this one, oh. as someone who's had uh, oh. an injury to the affected area that I'm about to speak of, mm. uh, a lot of these people during Vietnam, like, uh, I don't know if, if it was so much on our end that we were doing it or they were doing it to American soldiers, which I think is what it was. They would have a thin glass rod. Uh, inserted into your urethra, and then they would just kind of smack both sides of your dick and shatter it. Which, yeah. Or they take you know stuff and put it underneath your yeah. They drive like bamboo shanks under your fingernails <laughs> or pull your fingernails out. That's what the Viet Cong did. The CIA, yeah. on the other hand, took those same Viet Cong guys, took them up in a fucking <laughs> helicopter, yeah. and we're like, yeah. Do you know how so to fly? So here's the torture. You know how to fly? Yeah. Because uh, we're going to throw your ass out of yeah. the fucking helicopter. And there, some actually did go for a flying leap. Yeah. But others were just dangled out there, forced out, forced out, forced out. And then finally, they were, they told. My driver's ed teacher was on a helicopter when they did that to somebody. And they didn't like the answers that they got, apparently. Because the last thing he heard the, uh, the guy that was holding on to him say was, whoops. And then he closed the door. <laughs> So, yeah, but uh, that's uh, that's our episode on torture. <laughs> some interesting stuff. I'm not glad there was some I thought you were going to talk about. For instance, like uh, taking off the fingernails, breaking each individual joint. Mm. Uh, another, not I want to say personal favorite, but one that I found out that I was really fucked up was taking gasoline-soaked toothpicks and driving underneath the nails, and then you light those on fire. Yeah. So as it slowly gets going, like you automatically feel the the toothpick going up and in, but it's soaked, so it's stinging, and then you light it, and yeah. then. I really wanted to do rat torture too, but I was like, eh, I think people know about that for the most part, but yeah. that one's uncomfortable to think of. Hit up a bucket; it only can go one way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. 
too fast, too furious. I, I We could honestly do a second episode on this. Dude, there's so much <laughs> fucking crazy stuff that we've done like as a, like a human race to people. Yeah. That you could focus on each individual country of mm-hmm. what they did, except for Canada. The way they torture you is being way too polite. I'm sorry well, about I mean, that. If you if you're thinking of like, or well, they give you the boot. When you think of Canadians, they're kind of like European looking. So that would have been like over there because I mean, we didn't even touch on any of the shit that Native Americans did. Like some of that shit was fucking brutal. Flaying the people's bottom of their souls so they yeah, can't cross scalping. over. Scalping because you don't necessarily die right off. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, we could we could definitely do another episode on this at some point. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna definitely recommend you go to studio dot com and get because yourself some headphones because if you're gonna listen to this episode in public, you're gonna want to not let anybody else. Or hear how about this? It. Listen to something else like some sweet music that you know will help erase this stuff from your brain for a week. <laughs> yeah, but listen to this first before the music. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, um, get fifteen uh, percent off by using that promo code of Dark Windows fifteen at yep. checkout. Because um, you know you you know you want to you know just... everybody likes saving money, dude. I mean, of course everybody loves hey, saving t- money. You know, think about saving money. What are you rich? You don't want to save money? Come on now, save money. Even if I was rich, I still want to <laughs> save money. I like saving monies. I like saving money, especially on uh, something else too, like yeah. you know this thing that you can you know put stuff on and you know miniatures and all that good stuff and paint them. What, what's that? Bro. But, no, bro. it's not the bro. No, bro. Come on now. What he's trying to talk about, people, St. Patrick's Day is right around the corner, and you have those little tiny miniatures because, you know, leprechauns are little. They're little tiny dudes. So exactly. you get like a miniature representing your sweet little leprechaun. You head on over to GameMV.net, home of GameMV Creations. Also, the Hobby Holder is located there, and also other fun, cool, real hobby-related little tools and doodads and bits and bobs. And then you find what you like, you put it in the checkout cart, and you type in the term Broadstone, and you save yourself 10% off the entire order. However, if you do not have miniatures, and you want to get into miniature gaming, or card gaming, or comic books, or board gaming... Where can uh, they go? Uh, Dicehead.com. <gasps> Ooh. Yeah. My personal favorite place to go to for my miniature-related gaming, comic book, card gaming excitements because you know why they have some of the best prices and also one of the another amazing quality that they have in their shop that not many other places do it, actually i haven't been able to find any is that they have the miniature trade-in program the miniature trade-in program is a system designed for miniature war gamers that are trying to get out of an old system into a new system so you take those miniatures you take pictures of them you send it to dicehead games and you let them know what you're looking for and all that stuff. And within two to three business days, maybe a little longer, because they're always trying to make sure you get the best price possible for those miniatures and for those things. They will send you an email back of what they can offer you. Nine times out of 10, it's a really great price. And it doesn't matter if they're on the sprue, off the sprue, painted, unpainted, partially glued, does not matter. It All that matters is that they're complete. And if they're not complete, you know, sometimes that happens. But as long as they have what they can give you, they'll give you the best price. And then you can put that towards store credit, which is what I like to do because generally it's a little bit more. And then you can put it towards comics, games, anything. Well, not everything. Some things. Sweet. Yeah. And if uh, you want to check us out more, you can go on to Facebook. We're at uh, Dark Windows Podcast. We're on there. You can find us. 
Also, we are on Instagram at Dark Windows Pod. Booyah! We are at Dark Windows Pod. Booyah! Um, you can email us if you want to complain about the show, rave about the show, or if you want to, by any chance, send in drawings for a certain contest we are having yep. for a new logo. Which we are taking until next week. I believe we are. Yes. We have open until next week. Yeah, by the end, by say next, uh, let's say next Friday. Yeah. Um, you know, next week, next Friday, we can, uh, you know, we'll accept everything until then. Yep. And you can also go over to ageofradio.org. Wait. Hey, what, what's the what's the email address so you can oh, send all that stuff dumbass. to? Okay. Yeah, our email address is darkwindowspod at gmail.com. Also with that email, we had a an amazing listener email in a topic yeah. for us that we will be covering in a future episode. Fuck yes, I can't So wait. if you yourself have any ideas for future episodes, send us there. Or send it there, not yes. us there. We're already there. You you send your stuff there. You can't there. email me anywhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, you, you have, know what I'm talking about. You don't have enough postage to email me somewhere. Um, so if you go over to ageofradio.org forward slash dark windows, you'll find us there. You can listen to every episode we have ever uploaded there. Um, and if you go down to the bottom and you are looking to go to like Barnes and Noble or do some other shopping like for Microsoft, you click on that, do your shit there and it helps out the show. Microsoft so, say you can save, I think it's like 10% off. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's crazy. not bad, that's especially with the way technology works. You save yourself 10% off, it actually makes it kind of worth it. Yeah, it's crazy yeah. money on, on electronics and stuff. But yeah, that's uh, that's what we got for this week. And uh, we'll see you next week because next week will be the. No. Andrew. No. No. We have next week, we got a double header episode yeah. that Kevin and I are working on. And Seth is going to have a fucking hoot. Making up voices for it. Oh. Voices and verbalizations. I feel like this is going to be something where I need to know ahead of time so I can start working on them. Oh, we will tell you off the air. But yeah. I will tell you for part of mine, you can maybe go watch an old Disney cartoon show that would have been on after school that was really fucking awesome. I never watched Disney, man. Gargoyles. But, uh, yeah. Good uh, fucking show. So we're two episodes like away from one year, folks. Yeah. One year. Well, you guys, not me. The show. I still got a, I show. still got a ways to go. <laughs> so, and we've actually got a huge episode planned for the our one year. our one year anniversary. It's it's so big. It's gonna take two weeks to do. <laughs> yeah. But that one's gonna be fucking awesome. I can't wait. So. So until then, just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean there's not somebody with a rat in a bucket and a blowtorch. No. Why do you got to torture him with all this shit? <laughs> Just because you can't see out into the dark? Doesn't mean the dark can torture you. Because people are scared of the dark. Are you afraid of the dark? Oh, I love that show. <laughs> are you going to go throw some silver glitter into it and tell a story? <laughs> Listen, I ain't afraid of no ghost. <sighs> that was such a good fucking show. Or a, no. Yeah, you went Ghostbusters. I was there. Yeah, That's no. fine. Yeah, dude. That's fine. We accept that. The only one I for want, the Midnight Society. The only one I'm not sure about is this whole uh, uh, scary stories to tell in the dark movie that they're doing. But Guillermo del Toro is doing it, so it's going to be fucked up. As long as it's better than the Goosebumps with Jack Black. Oh, but just remember, if you can't, just see, because you can't see out into the dark, doesn't mean that the dark can't see into you. Kisses, I love you. Hasta la vista, baby. Stay out of the brazen bowl.